0: Welcome to Marvelous Disney, the podcast that discusses the most recent doings at one of the more dynamic divisions of the Walt Disney Company, which is, of course, Marvel Entertainment. This is entertainment writer Jim Hill and my co-host, the amazing Aaron Adams and I are recording this week's episode on Wednesday, December 21st, 2022. So first official day of winter actually got underway at 4.48 p.m. today, shortest day of the year. Uh, Aaron, I have been following, uh, you know, the weather for the Midwest and I'm, I'm actually genuinely concerned for you starting what Thursday night, you guys have brutal snow, horrible winds and, and life-threatening cold, right? That's what they
1: say. But Indianapolis has got this like weird little protection bubble around it because you've got Lake Michigan just north of us, which ends up sucking a lot of the bad weather just away from us so just north of of indianapolis they'll get you know hit real hard just south of us get real hard but uh we've usually have very mild winters and the storms don't affect us as badly as it does uh as our neighbors in michigan or chicago or areas like that so yeah we'll we'll get some snow we don't have a flake on the ground tonight Mm -hmm. but I am prepared to drive my wife into work just in case it is bad. Okay,
0: I I do the same with Nancy. Well, again, folks, as I understand it, lots of people are having to change their plane travel and, and particularly with this storm, they're warning folks about don't necessarily drive so when in doubt stay home be safe folks and sit in the house listen to some podcasts like this one anyway to distract you from all of the rotten weather we've got uh some marvel related news coming and as always the news portion of the show is brought to you by storybook destinations trusted travel partner of the Hill media podcast network for a worry-free travel experience every time please book online at storybookdestinations.com Okay, Aaron, as we get started here, I want to follow up on some stories we've shared recently on Marvelous Disney. Like for example, last week's show, we were talking about how Disney and Marvel Studios were weighing whether or not they wanted to mount a campaign that would potentially put Angela Bassett in contention for best supporting actress for her performance as Queen Ramonda in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And superhero movies don't, necessarily do well with uh, they refer to them as above the line categories the the acting directing that sort of thing but they always do well in below the line categories tech and i think we cited on the last show the example how the original black panther uh took home uh oscars for best costume design production design and original score well just today Aaron we learned that the academy of motion picture arts and scientists has already shortlisted two recent Marvel studio releases, uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever and Doctor Strange in in the Multiverse of Madness, in six below-the-line categories. And supposedly Black Panther sequel is now considered a serious contender in these categories, uh, makeup and hairstyling, sound, music, original song, and music, original score— on the other hand, uh, Wakanda Forever and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is uh, already seen as a strong contender in the 2023 visual effects category. That said, Aaron, it's going to have some serious competition. And, and more to the point, I don't necessarily want to be in the meeting at Disney when they decide... You know, hey, Avatar, The Way of Water, who's going to tell James Cameron that we're also putting a Wakanda forever and a Multiverse of Madness up for the same award?
1: Well, I mean, if you're stacking the deck with only your properties, who's really going to care? Because you, no matter what, you win. But, I mean, really, everybody could just stand aside and just let James Cameron take it. Because, I mean, no matter how, how much I may poo-poo mm-hmm. on, on his sequel... It's going to look like the most glorious, pristine, beautiful thing ever shot through a lens. Because that's his way. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I think he'll he'll have every right to take that award hands down. And I haven't even seen a frame of the movie yet. Mm-hmm. so
0: It's worth noting that there are <laughs> other films that Disney had nothing to do with that are serious, in visual effects. We've got Jurassic World Dominion and not for nothing, Top Gun Maverick. That's the
1: confusing one. Mm-hmm. Because everything was shot. I mean, there's like missiles that fly overhead that I'm sure were not Mm -hmm. launched over the head of Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised (laughs) because the guy is crazy enough that he would actually do that. Uh We'll leave it to Drew Taylor's podcast to sort out whether that was real or not. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if they were actually shooting those jets flying that low between those mountains Mm -hmm. and getting that real footage...
0: What the hell are they doing with visual
1: effects it really didn't do much that day
0: that's an interesting point i, I yeah that would actually i yeah i mean the pride of that whole
1: movie is yeah cinematography should mm-hmm. win hands down because they got crazy shots but apparently there were very few visual effects because everything was actually done
0: interesting okay well we'll we'll find out for sure what happens in in all of these categories come march 12th that's when 2023 Academy Awards will be held. Something else we'll be looking forward to in 2023 is, of course, The Marvels, which is slated to be released to theaters on July 28th of next year. Monday of this week, Marvel Studios finally released an official synopsis for this Nia DaCosta movie, uh, which seems to follow up on some story threads from the original Captain Marvel, which, remember, released to theaters back in February 2019. Here's the setup for the story, Aaron. Carol Danders, a.k.a. Captain Marvel, has reclaimed her identity from the tyrannical Kree and taken revenge on the supreme intelligence, but unintended consequences see Carol shouldering the burden of a destabilized universe. When her duties send her to an anomalous wormhole linked to a Kree revolutionary, her powers become entangled with that of Jersey City superfan Kamala Khan, a.k.a. Ms. Marvel, and Carol's estranged niece, Captain Monica Rambeau. Together, this unlikely trio must team up and learn to work in concert to save the universe as the Marvels.
1: Didn't we hear earlier that there was some sort of like every time they use their powers, they do like a location swap. Like here I was in my bedroom. Now I'm out in space. I'm out in space. Now I'm in a different planet. What's going on?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, the footage they showed at D23 was worth it alone. I'm blanking the name of the young lady who plays Kamala Khan, but at one point she's in, you know, she's blipped into a, a corridor of a space station, but she's there with Goose the cat. And these horrible aliens come running toward her, and then Goose opens his mouth and consumes them all. And it, it's it's one of these things where they, the the Kamala's response to the cat swallowing three full sized creatures that are bearing down on her. Uh, for me, that it's a Philip J. Fry moment. It's like, take my damn money! I want to see this movie. Right. So okay, all right, sounds fun. Also, again, looking forward to next year. Earlier this week, Disney Plus released a sizzle reel for a number of the projects that will be debuting on that subscription streaming service in 2023. We got our first look at Loki Season 2. And I had to look back because it was like, that seems like it was five minutes ago, but it was actually June 9th through July 14th of 2021, 18 months ago. Also, as part of the sizzle reel, we got our first look at at Secret Invasion, we got quick glimpses of Don Cheadle as James Rhodey Rhodes. Likewise, Samuel Jackson as Nick Fury. And Colby Smolder was out. Uh, we'll also be back as Maria Hill. Uh, just did an interview this past week with TVLine.com about this limited series. And again, Aaron, we're kind of back to your, your Marvel Sniper theory, uh, you know uh, that Marvel
1: PR team put a bag over her head and abduct her in a van. <laughs> uh, 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 quiet, 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 quiet.
0: Pretty much, I mean, you know that when asked about the show, Colby wanted to say, "Well, it sets up Samuel Jackson's character in an interesting way. It's you know that this limited series is the most depth she's been able to show for her character Maria Hill for a while." and secret division invasion because again six episodes so the more time to play with than of course a two two and a half hour theatrical release so you get more of the backstory with uh nick fury and maria hill you get to see how these two characters interact when they're just sitting around and drinking coffee but again so tv line.com come on you got to give me something and they're like all smolder could say is that a lot Happens in this six-episode series that she can't talk about yet. So again,
1: does she just recite her name and her and her uh, social security number, like Kobe 779 three eight one seven seven nine three two six? I will slap you again. Give me the details, woman. Kobe Smolders three eight one seven two nine seven seven six.
0: I will say this: she she did close out the thing saying that it's this upcoming series is really unsettling it's a fascinating concept and i think the way they portray it and the twists and turns that they take people on is really going to be worth it and really exciting so uh, you're right she didn't say anything okay so yeah. she slipped out of the van and ran away she pulls the shorts
1: i see nothing i hear nothing i know nothing there we
0: go. um on the other hand diego luna uh, I don't know if you saw the rumors over the past week about how the star of Star Wars Andor is reportedly in the running for the role of Reed Richards in the Fantastic Four reboot.
1: You know, the the, the problem with Disney and, and Marvel sometimes and Diego Luna is a fine, great, wonderful actor. Mm-hmm. N- no slight to Diego ever. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was playing a game of hot potato with Kevin Feige and he burned his hand. And went, wow, this thing's hot. We should cast it.
0: <laughs>
1: as soon as they find out anything's hot, they're like, "What else can we do with this guy?"
0: Uh,
1: yeah, it's just like you know, it's great that he's getting work. Mm-hmm. I'm totally happy for him if it's if it's true. Mm-hmm. I just never imagined it and right now it's honestly because he has an an accent usually when when i hear him speak and i wonder you know do they clean that up do they change his his ethnicity in the in the movie Uh, it brings up questions and honestly i don't care Mm -hmm. if they change his his identity a little bit to Mm -hmm. tweak it he's still reed richards Mm -hmm. right um, so, yeah, they can, they can make all those changes, but you just start asking different questions that you wouldn't expect if you were at casting John Krasinski.
0: You're not wrong. Uh, what's kind of interesting is how Diego chose to respond to these rumors. And he would say, uh, in his interview with, with Christian Harlov, he said, I was just talking about this this morning. I mean, the problem is, when you become part of rumors like this, half the rumors are, are, are real. It's just incredible the amount of stuff I see out there right now. The only thing I can tell you is for the next two years, I'm busy. In two years, we'll see what I can do, and if it's even film. And, of course, what Diego's referring to here is they haven't even shot or started shooting Season 2 of Star Wars Andor yet. And what do they have for, I want to say, Fantastic Four... What is the really? Yeah, 2025. So, yeah, I mean, it's still well on. In fact, February 14th, 2025. So, yeah, there's time, but I, the guy's not wrong. I mean, his dance card is full for quite some time.
1: I mean, he's, he's hot right now as, as like an action star. I'm certain the people that were casting Bond have glanced his way at least <laughs> once. Like, he doesn't speak with a British accent. Well, yeah, but he's really damn good. Uh, yeah, uh. It's, that, it's that conversation of, well, we are going to make a sacrifice one place or another. And when he, when it's a great actor... Uh, you you go yeah we'll make that change
0: and speaking of great actors uh october of this year we learned that of somebody who's definitely taking on a new role in the mcu and that's harrison ford who will be replacing the late william hurt as general thaddeus thunderbolt ross
1: does harrison know that role is cursed the last guy that played it died it's kind of like buying a house that had a murder in it it's just risky i don't know if i would do it okay (laughs) I really <laughs> okay. All right, moving
0: on. Okay. He's out doing press this week for the, the latest Yellowstone uh, spinoff, the 1923, which uh, Ford is doing with Academy Award winner Helen Mirren for the uh, Paramount Network. And, and Harrison got asked about why he's joining the MCU. And this 80-year-old actor just gave a very straightforward response. It's like, hey, I've done a lot of things. I now want to do some things I haven't done. That said, though, supposedly, Ford is going to be playing Thunderbolt Ross in at least two MCU films, Captain America 4, New World Order, and Thunderbolts, which, by the way, Aaron, basically, they come out right on top of one another. Captain America 4 is due to be released in theaters May 3rd, 2024. And then Thunderbolts comes out six weeks later, eight weeks later, on July 26th of that same year, 2024. But this past week, an interesting bit of info dropped about Captain America 4. And it's a log line that went out for as part of a casting notice. And it's like it says that Sam Wilson, a.k.a. Captain America, will be assembling a new team of, of Avengers to take down President... Ross. The thing is,
1: like, mm-hmm. with uh, the last couple of times we've seen the general in action, it's been kind of a glorified cameo. He's, he doesn't do much but show up for a red-hot minute, drop some exposition, and, and bugger out, mm-hmm. and then come back a little bit later and go, how'd it go, team? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm, I'm wondering, with these two roles, will he have a more more participation than just showing up and going all right i've assembled you guys because there's an impossible mission now go out and do it and then they go out and do it and then he shows up at the end how to go team is that is that going to be his his role in these or is he going to actually show up and do something cool
0: i do not know but but again I'm, I'm just sort of intrigued that you know he got a promotion he's he's no longer general russ he's potentially president russ
1: wait a minute hold on wait a minute hold on uh, you just said that if if Harrison Ford is playing President Thunderbolt mm-hmm. Ross.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, he lied because he said he, he, there's a lot of stuff he's never done. And he was clearly president when he was in uh, Air Force One.
0: This is true.
1: Get off my damn plane. Yes, exactly. There, there yeah, he's doing the same shtick over and over. This is Air Force
0: Two. Okay, there we go. All, All right. right. Um. Oh, by the way. Evidently, the production office for Thunderbolts is up and running. And I knew you would get a kick out of the, you know how they put names in play, working titles in place. So, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the working title for Thunderbolts is supposedly, oops, all berries. Captain Crunch, let's see. Gen-
1: General Ross, Captain. <laughs> is, is, is that the connection to Captain I, Crunch's General Ross? I,
0: do, I, I don't know. I don't know. But but again, that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. That is pretty funny. Okay. Uh beyond that, uh, we were talking just uh last week about we we got our teaser trailer for uh Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Uh did you see the brand new poster that dropped for it?
1: Yeah, it's more where's Waldo with uh twenty-five different variations of Waldo. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And in fact the interesting thing is there's one version of the poster that's sort of the traditional layout, and then there's a far wider version of this same poster with even more Spideys and at this point I'm, I'm kind of throwing up my hands you know uh, <laughs> it's just sort right, of like yeah. alright okay you win lots of Spideys right. uh, by the way the spot is still the villain uh, in fact in an entertainment weekly interview uh, producer Phil Lord went on to say I like villains best when they reflect the journeys of the hero sort of a dark mirror of the protagonist and I think the spot's no different. He wants to be seen as legitimate. He's a character that has a silly costume and is not always seen as a top-tier Spider-Man foe, but like all of us, he, he wants to be taken seriously. And Chris Miller, the other co-producer of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, goes on to say that it's important to note here that the spot is not going to be Miles Morales' only antagonist in this film. He goes on to describe Oscar Isaac's Spider-Man 2099 uh, Miguel O'Hara. Chris explains he's not the villain of the movie, but he's sort of an antagonist to Miles in that they both think what they're doing is the right thing. And circling back to how Miles will be different in this Into the Spider-Verse sequel, uh, again, this is Chris Miller talking. As he's growing up, Miles is trying to figure out how he can go out and see the world and spread his wings and leave the nest, but he's also rooted in his home and his family. It's that push-pull of your life as a teenager where you're like, how do I get to be my own person but also not lose where I came from? Um, So, and again, just to remind folks, uh, Across the Spider-Verse debuts in theater June 2nd, 2023, and then nine months after that, uh, we get Beyond the Spider-Verse, debuting in theaters on uh, March 29th, 2024, whereas Spider-Man 4, the live-action Tom Holland movie, that's kind of a grayer area. I mean, this time last year, Amy Pascal revealed that Spider-Man 4 was already in development and that kevin feige corroborated you know what she was saying to the effect of they're actively beginning to develop where that story heads and at that time there was some discussion of a july 24th release so uh, we went from spider-man no way home being released for the holiday season and doing very very well but if you think about spider-man far from home Uh, Spider Man Homecoming, those were summer releases. So, you know, they were looking with Spider Man 4 to return to a place where these films had done very, very well. But just this week, Sony Pictures chairman and CEO Tom Rothman, speaking with the Hollywood Reporter, just got asked, So, there's there's a live action Spidey film coming, right? And he's like, You bet. And it's like, Can you you narrow that down a little bit? And you got to appreciate, you know, commercials from the 1970s to to uh, what basically Tom Rothman said was, you know, with regard to pinning down when the film would be released is when you can expect it, I don't know. Uh, we will serve no wine before it's time. Isn't that the Orson Welles wine commercial? Out
1: on a little farm in Northern <laughs> California. And there... <laughs> On a vine grows a grape. No grape is picked before it's time for that sweet, juicy flavor.
0: That is an excellent <laughs> version of the... Inf- you must have heard that. What is it? The, the, uh, the, peas, the peas one where he loses his shit. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, just... Yes. Oh,
1: it's wonderful. It's so great. I've also... Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard uh, Casey Kasem lose it over Snuggles the dog?
0: Oh, no. Oh, oh it's... <laughs> I think I have heard that Oh yes
1: yeah. He, well, he, he gets upset essentially because He's about to go into an upbeat Fast song mm-hmm. And it's very up-tempo poppy And he's got a, a letter from a fan mm-hmm. Who is saying a sad thing About I just lost my poor puppy Snuggles and he's like how in the blank mm-hmm. Can I go into a fast Upbeat song when I'm blanking Talk about a blanking dead freaking Blanking dog Snuggles and uh, it's if you ever wanted to hear Casey Kasem use all of the expletives, mm-hmm. that's
0: that's the clip for you. Yeah, I mean, there, there's this whole subculture in entertainment of, of
1: outtakes. Of, <laughs> oh yeah,
0: people just <laughs> trade them back and forth because again, it just do you hear some amazing things. Okay, folks, that's going to do it for the news portion of the show today. Uh, When we get back, we are going to take a look at uh, some of the more highly anticipated films for 2023. And then Aaron's going to weigh in about the James Gunn situation, which got very interesting this past week.
1: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and A member FDSE.
0: On last week's show, I teased that Erin and I would be doing a year in review in regard to Marvel Studios. Slight problem there, folks. I can't count. I was assuming that the episode that Aaron and I would be recording tonight would be our last episode for 2022. And clearly I can't read a calendar because as it turns out, there's another Friday uh, coming in uh, 2022. It's actually December 30th. So our year in review show is still coming. It's just next week, not this week. And I apologize for that. Moving on to our feature topic here, Just today, uh, Fandango revealed what folks are looking forward to when it comes to films in 2023. And the top three spots on this list, Aaron, are Marvel projects. First one is James Gunn's Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. We then have Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which, of course, we were just talking about early on in the, the, the show. And then right after that, is Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania, which, by the way, uh, there was an amazing interview with Peyton Reed in the past week or so, where he was talking about how Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp, the the sequel, Peyton actually sort of re- referred to them in, in a recent interview that they were kind of the palate cleansers that came on the heels of really big films like The Avengers or Avengers: Age of Ultron, that sort of thing. And uh, Peyton was so happy that this time I get to make the big movie. Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania really is almost an Avengers-sized film. And it's just so fun to get to play at that scale. Anyway, jumping ahead to the other films that folks are very much looking forward to in 2023. Uh, number four on the list is John Wick, Chapter 3. Uh, we have the Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny.
1: Wait, um, hold on. I'm sorry. Every time I hear Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, mm-hmm. all I can imagine is an old Indiana Jones sitting on the couch who shivers all of a sudden goes, Oh, turn down the thermostat. And then he gets up and... Turns back down. No, that's my dial. I pay the bill. I'm cold. I'll leave it. Seventy-five. Dial of Destiny. Yeah,
0: uh, it's a go home. Wow, that's a very short film. Um, okay, we only have one DC project for next year on, on this list. We have Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, Creed three, and then finally, our second animated film on that list is the Super Mario Brothers movie. But you've got to assume that James Gunn is happy to see that people are very, very, very much looking forward to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. But when you think about what that poor guy has dealt with for the past week to 10 days, with how, how much negative publicity has been out there uh, in regard to what they're doing to sort of right the ship at DC. I mean, you, you've been following this, right? Oh, God, I've made a fortune off of it. I see. I've, okay. I've been selling digital tomatoes
1: on my website for DC fans to throw at him. Just 25 cents per click. Mm-hmm. And you can throw a digital tomato at James Gunn. They, they've been just tweeting, fire James Gunn. Mm-hmm. Fire James Gunn. And he didn't really do anything except announce that he's going to take a position. And as every sane, logical human on the planet expected, mm-hmm. the Snyderverse is done. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like they made an announcement that James Gunn and Zack Snyder are coming Mm -hmm. back. They made an announcement that James Gunn is coming to do Mm -hmm. a thing. Mm -hmm. So I think everybody could read those stupid little tea leaves really clearly and really easily. That whatever Zack started, it's run its course Mm -hmm. and uh, something different is going to happen. And, I, and the whole game plan for bringing James Gunn in was to bring in a, a cohesive plan for uh, film that moved into television, that moved back into film, that could be animated, it could be live action, whatever, but it was cohesive and it spanned all of their available properties and screens and, and whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't... Jim, do you think it makes sense that people are screaming, fire James Gunn on day one that he's you know announced that he's got the job or whatever?
0: It doesn't, but at the same time, I mean, there's kind of a tradition in a situation like this where you you clean house. But Mm -hmm. the very thing that you were talking about, you know, that they brought him in to put a marvel. Situation in place, you know, that something that that would create interlocking films and build, you know, to event movies that, you know... Would well, do. I mean,
1: you don't even have to put the Marvel spin on it. You can say he did it well for DC. He had film, Suicide Squad for, he for DC. He did. And then he had uh, a Peacemaker mm-hmm. for streaming, or, well, for television, for HBO. So he did the format before he got the job. Mm-hmm. And it worked. And and I think that was kind of a nice little resume for people to nod at and go, yeah, he, he's able to transition from A to B.
0: Absolutely. But I, I think the problem is that when you clean house, he's going in. Yes, he, he did Suicide Squad. And yes, you know, Peacemaker. So there are these two little pieces of what will eventually be his take on, you know, the DC movie universe but at the same time, uh, just in the past week or so, well, we've had the stories about Henry Cavill sort of hanging up his cape, and likewise, you know, Patty Jenkins opting out of, you know, it's like she pitched her story for Wonder Woman three, and and now mind you, again, James, you know, we had wonderful professional dealings, very personable, but what she was proposing wasn't something that they they wanted to pursue, and. And then the the Dwayne Johnson situation just has gotten really weird.
1: Well, most recently, The the Rock has tweeted a, mm-hmm. a rather lengthy positive mm-hmm. bit uh, yep. saying there's no ill will no, sort of thing. No,
0: no, no. Well, well, that's it exactly. After a week of, of bad publicity, you know, between the, for example, supposedly he was approached to do a cameo in The Flash and turned that down, by the way, we've also learned that, what was it, the Henry Cavill and the Gail Gadot cameos that were supposedly shot for The Flash also got cut. On the back of what James Gunn has done, I, I would argue that, you know, between the Holiday Special and the Cosmic Rewind and the uh, Mission Breakout, Guardians attractions for the parks that, that James directed, this is a guy who knows his way around making engaging films and and entertainment just entertainment Entertainment. right yeah Yeah. and so i'm of a mind to let's wait to see what this guy does but the downside is that we live in the twitter sphere you know where it's just sort of like
1: well a lot of the tweets that I i were reading from the negative fans the nega fans if you will were the old ones that got James fired from Marvel back in the olden days of uh, time, and okay. it was like, you want to hire this guy? Look what he tweets, and then if you look at the date, it's from you know over a decade ago, and he had apologized publicly for it, and he did his walk of shame, mm-hmm. and you know it's like they no, they just want to sling mud right now. They want to be angry. They want to throw their tantrum, mm-hmm. and uh, look, I mean, Marvel hasn't done. I don't think one thing that i've ever wanted them to do Mm -hmm. because my imagination is not their their writers and their filmmakers imagination i played with my toys different Mm
0: -hmm.
1: uh but i've enjoyed everything and uh in a different way you know it's Mm -hmm. just like oh thank thank goodness it's there Mm -hmm. and you know a lot of times almost 99 percent of the time it's like and thank goodness it wasn't my vision because this is better Mm And uh, you have to let storytellers be storytellers. And honestly, if you were to take a poll mm-hmm. and you were to say what what makes a good movie and everybody answered, you would have uh, oatmeal. Mm-hmm. and And nobody likes oatmeal. But it would be the most bland, non-offensive, you know, uh, boring, uninteresting thing because the, everybody's going to nitpick a thing away from it, uh, a cool thing away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like violence so much. Does it have to have so many punching? I don't like mm-hmm. so much punching. All right. Well, uh, Black Adam doesn't punch at any people anymore. Uh, d- by the way, d- have you seen Black Adam?
0: I have not yet. In fact, it, it, it's just begun running on HBO Max. I, I yeah. have been trying to carve out some time to... To sit down and watch it.
1: So, like, one of the things is the rock will just grab somebody by the neck and squeeze, and then lightning will course through their body. And you remember the scene where they uncover the Ark of the Covenant in Indiana mm-hmm. Jones and, and mm-hmm. their faces melt? They do that, and then uh, they turn to, and then he squeezes real hard, and, and the bones turn to dust. And, and uh, he's like super violent and mean and angry. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you're used to a, a very charming, warm, loving, caring rock, and he's an anti hero that kills everybody. Mm-hmm. And he's angry all the time, and uh, it's it's a different flavor, and I don't know if the public was ready to accept that mm-hmm. version of the rock because it's not it's not the shiny, charming, handsome eyeball out raising. Do you smell what the rock is cooking
0: rock? You mentioned a moment or two ago about what he posted on social media over the mm-hmm. the past day or so, and and just the effect of like, look, you know, had conversations with Mr. Gunn and did effect and it looks like in the initial phase. Of what they're doing. Black Adam will not be part of that. But, you know, the door is open uh, further on down the line. You know, after they do a few, few films, if they want to revisit the character, I'm here. And that's what's interesting about Dwayne. He's been doing this long enough that. Well, it took him like 15 years or whatever to get the first
1: movie made, you know, that he's been wanting to make. So the fact that he's been going to be benched for a minute, it's like, yeah, I've played this game before.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But again, when you hear about, for example, what James is— for example, James is supposedly writing a Superman movie, but it's it's a Superman movie from like when Clark leaves uh, Smallville and actually goes to Metropolis for the first time. So it's it's a young Superman movie. Well, they're
1: following the Batman mm-hmm. blueprint of. The Batman was mm-hmm. year two. Like obviously, Nolan's Batman Begins was the the training and and all that. So mm-hmm. we we've already had that origin story told in a sort of way. When they did the Batman, they specifically wanted to dive into specific comic books, and uh, it worked. It, it it did really really well. And I think Gunn wants to take that that idea of okay, we've got a young Batman who's you know he's already met Gordon but he's not fully fleshed out. He's still growing. And that's a great place to be with that character because that means that they can evolve over time. Still, they're not rooted in a way that is not changeable
0: mm-hmm.
1: and taking, you know, Superman back that cause you know, some people don't care for the fact that Superman allowed so much damage and innocent lives to get hurt in the Zack Snyder versions. And so it's like, okay, well if we undo that and we go with a younger Superman who's still learning, and he's already met, look because I, I think the angle was he'd already be working at the Daily Bugle for like a year, mm-hmm. and he would have already met all of those people, so you can hit the ground running. You don't have to waste time with, oh, this is Lois Lane, oh, this is Jimmy Olsen, oh, this is, you know, you don't have to deal with that. You just go, yeah, they know who Lois Lane is. Uh, what's up with Superman today in year two? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it makes sense if you're, if you're trying to build a thing. Mm -hmm. You don't want to build the thing where everybody's evolved at the end of their storyline and ready to retire old man style. You want them, you know, young, fresh and and in a place where they can evolve. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it makes sense. I trust James Gunn as a storyteller. He has entertained me in the past. The problem with this situation now is that we're going to have to wait. Realistically, like three years, right? They got to write the script. And it's not they like it. Zaslav
1: is in a hurry to spend any money right now. So it's yeah, okay. Yeah. You leave that train in the station. We'll just
0: wait for a little while. And absence makes the heart grow fonder. Mm, you're so pink. I mean, I just, I, what just concerns me about the, the age we live in is that the thing of social media is people will fill the vacuum and what's fascinating about this age where you have people like a James Gunn or a James Mangold who will actually interact with the fans on uh, in regard to the films they're working on and there's a story just over the past week or so where John Williams was was making an appearance and from the podium talked about we're debuting a a couple pieces of music from Dial of Destiny tonight and by the way, I, I may have to go back in and write a, a new piece of music because I think we're reshooting the end, ending. And James Mangold had to go on social media because this suddenly started to make the rounds. Oh, they're reshooting the ending of, of Dial of Destiny. And then he literally, it's like, I, I don't want to be dismissive of John Williams, but this isn't true. This isn't happening. But that was enough to have the fan community turn on indiana jones on the dial of destiny and there was one basically a, t- a tweet where somebody took a shot of one of the nazi villains from the the film and was picking it apart because like well wow, this is classic lucasfilm these days this is shot green screen and you can tell it's shot green screen because the, the hair doesn't match the background and mm-hmm. you know it, it literally the director came back and said no that's actually a live action crowd. And we shot that in Brooklyn. That's an actual neighborhood. It's just sort of like, thanks
1: for showing your ass. Here's your underwear.
0: But, but that's the thing. We just, we live in this space where it's like, don't let the, the truth stand in the way of a good story. Right. There's a part of me, it's this sort of like, I really want to see what James Gunn's going to do. But at the same time, geez, is he really going to have to deal with three years worth of toxic fans? Yeah. He's a director.
1: He's, he's used to it. I mean, you know, when you're in the public, people are going to... There's a certain percentage that will absolutely love you. There's a certain percentage that will absolutely hate you. And the rest will absolutely not give a fling about you one way or the other. And that's just the, the way of it. And it, he's been living in the public life. And he's had the the stones thrown at him as well as the little bits of gold nuggets. So, okay. uh, you know, it's, that's part of the deal. The thing I'm, you know, what frustrates me is uh when dune comes out mm-hmm. and they had to wait for a couple of weeks to count all the beans to decide are they going to actually finish telling the damn story or not and then mm-hmm. they had to go and write it and then they had to go and you know cast it and then they had to go and do sets and then they had to go and film it and here it is you know years later and mm-hmm. and maybe one day we'll finally get to retell that story but with James Gunn I have a feeling that they're going to put all of their ducks in a row, and mm-hmm. it's going to be, uh, here's a movie, here's a TV show, here's a movie, here's a TV show, here's two TV shows, here's three movies, here's two TV shows and a movie. And it's just going to go, 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 go. And uh, it'll take a little while to, to you know build the core team and have crossovers mm-hmm. and whatnot, because you're reintroducing characters solo mm-hmm. and then mixing and matching them to, to determine on what kind of story you want to tell and all that but he wants to get to his team up movies or right? he wants to get to his crossovers so i don't think it's going to be like hey we're going to do one movie in 2025 and then we'll do one movie in 2027 it's not going to be that they're going to they're going to be cranking that out and it'll be a good time
0: Okay, well, here's hoping that you are correct. And speaking of of cranking this out, if if we're going to get this show up on Friday, we we need to shut this thing down so Aaron can get to editing the show here. So as we close here, uh, Aaron, you had mentioned you've got a project you'd like to talk about.
1: Oh, yes. Uh, launching in uh, 2023 in January, we have a brand new podcast called the 32nd Street Podcast, which is all about the, uh, the the trickery and the mind shenanigans used to get you to buy stuff you don't need with money you don't have. And uh, my good friend Ron Gold uh, has a degree in psychology, and we look at, Exactly how we manipulate people to do uh, by those things that they don't need with money they don't have. However, we have a, a hoot doing it. We make a, a fun of a lot of companies just on the right side of not getting sued by them and uh, and and reveal a lot of things you would never believe go on in the in the background. So uh, it's it's a good time. I can't wait.
0: Oh, Okay, look forward to hearing that. Um, In the meantime, out ahead of the launch of 32nd Street, where can folks find you on social media? For now, you can
1: continue to find me at Azaprod on the flaming wreckage known as Twitter. (laughs) I don't even know what to do with it right now. I mean, it's just so chaotic that I kind of just stepped away for a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a, a pot that just came out of the oven. It's a little too hot right now. I'm just going to set that on the stove, walk away for a couple of days, and uh, I'm going to come back to it and s- see what happens. But for uh, right now, I'm not doing much on Twitter.
0: I'm doing a post or two a day, but it, it, you're, you're not wrong. It, I'm just hoping further on down the line, this settles. Because I've just been hearing from friends about, for example, Mastodon and what's involved uh with, right yeah with yeah. getting set up there and it's just sort of like hi this is the wheel you need to reinvent it it's like no 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 i'm not i'm going that. back to my space by the way <laughs> oh, well, all right you know uh, good luck with that i got right. you'll I'll, be I'll able get, to, whenever you load, load up my page it'll play three doors down and kryptonite <laughs> <laughs> okay um Speaking of social media, you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at Jim Hill Media and over on Facebook at Jim Hill Media News. Uh, also want to point out, we have some other podcasts here at Jim Hill Media. We've got, of course, Disney Dish that I do with Len Testa. Uh, We also have uh, Looking at Lucasfilm that I do with Brian Gan. and We also, of course, have uh, Fine Tuning that I do with Drew Taylor, who, by the way, also has Uh, a wonderful uh, outside podcast that he does, uh, the one with Charles Hood, uh, Light Diffuse, All Things Mission Impossible, John Wick, and of course Top Gun. If you could head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and recommend the show you're listening to right now, Marvelous Disney, that would be helpful. And if you really, really, really like what you heard here tonight, if you want to head over to Bandcamp and subscribe, that would be helpful. And I think beyond that, Mr. Adams and I would like to wish you all a very happy holiday. But at the same time, again, given the weather, if you can stick close to home, please do so, folks. It sounds like it's going to be a rough couple days uh, weather-wise, so sit tight, okay? And, and listen to a couple of podcasts. Anyway, that's it for tonight, and thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon.